Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Trendlebed Tales Hello. Travel Time. Hi, Jen, and I'm sorry I'm calling you a little bit late, but we had a small minor meltdown here. Um, I'm going to stick you in the uh, green room for just a second here. Okay. Okay. Uh, I was just here trying to get Skype to work, and I had actually decided it wasn't going to and run downstairs and gotten my cell phone so I could call in. And by the time I got back up here, it had finally decided to work. So I'm a little behind tonight, and I apologize to everybody who was waiting right when we got started. And I apologize to Jen for <laughs> keeping her waiting because I'd promised to call her a couple minutes before 9. But we got everything going now, so hopefully it's going to be a good show tonight. Now, as always, we tend to start out with a little bit of housekeeping. Now, since the last time we talked on a regular scheduled basis, that we had gone up to Pepin for the Laura days there. So if you haven't heard that yet, be sure to catch out, catch the two roving reports in Pepin. Now, next week at the same time, or a little closer to the hour, we're going to be doing an interview with Paul Jewell, who's going to be talking about James Harland and Abraham Lincoln's connection to Iowa. And I'm looking forward to that, and I hope that's going to be a good one, too. Now, for those of you who have just listened to our regular episodes, we do these half-hour travel time episodes once a month. And I'm very pleased tonight to have... Uh, my sister-in-law, Jen paulson Utah here to talk about baseball. And if anybody wants to call in and talk, you can do that at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll-free, 1-877-633-9389. Toll-free, 1877 Six three three nine three eight nine, and you can also uh, get online and throw out any comments you might want to make in the chat room, and we'll see those there too. And that's it for the housekeeping. So we're back online with Jen. Thank you very much for agreeing to come on tonight. Sure, no problem. And I'm sure since we got off to a bad start, it's going to be a good finish, just like March, right? And like a yep. lion, out like a lamb. <laughs> yep, you got it. Okay, so let's just start off, and let's just, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Jen? Um. Well, uh, my name's Jen Utah. Obviously, you already gave me the intro. Uh live with my husband in Martell, and... I have always been very interested in sports and sporting events, so that's kind of why I'm on tonight, is to share a little bit of that information with you um, and pass it along to everybody else. So, 
Okay, we just had a comment in the chat room that asked if you could speak up just a little bit. Okay, sure. Yeah. Okay. Is that better? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, thanks. Okay, so how did you get interested in baseball? You know, I always remember being interested in baseball. I don't. I can't pick a specific point in time where I, remember, I have an aha moment or anything like that, but I've always enjoyed playing it and, you know, baseball, softball, um, watching and rooting for favorite teams. I think my grandma, Kate, kind of got me into baseball as well because I remember watching the Cubs with her as a kid. The Cubs were her team, so, you know, they became my team as well. So, Yeah, I uh... I always say that when people ask me why I got interested in lore, and I always say that, you know, I don't know why everybody else isn't as interested as I am. Yep, yep. So I've heard um, Iowa tends to have more of a focus on college sports rather than professional sports because we don't really have our own major league team. Do you find that to be true about baseball in Iowa? Um, I don't, you know, I guess, yeah, obviously we don't have any huge major league sports as far as football or baseball or basketball or anything like that, but I think that college sports, even if we did have those, would still be a pretty big draw just because everybody's pretty diehard one way or the other towards the Hawks, the Cyclones, UNI. Um, But there is a lot of variety of um, sports close to Iowa that lots of people enjoy. You know, there's... um, Kansas City Royals, the Twins, the Brewers, the Cardinals, and, of course, the Chicago Cubs. So, I mean, there's a lot of Midwest teams that folks kind of choose from to to support, I think. So, yeah. So we've got choice in Iowa. Well, we always like choice. That's why they have the sure. caucuses yeah. here, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what, well, what's the difference between major league and minor league ball? Um, minor league... T- Minor league ball, baseball, basically is a way for major league teams to develop their talent. You know, for example, in Iowa, we have the AAA club Iowa Cubs, who is the AAA club, obviously, for Chicago Cubs. Um, so they basically, if a player is drafted, they would go into rookie ball or to A ball. Um, for example, Cedar Rapids Colonels is a low A club for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. So, and then players just work their way up through the different ranks, you know, rookie ball, low A, A, double A, triple A ball, and then major league. So basically it's just a way for players to develop their talents, um, kind of hone their skills before they get thrown into the, the major league. Are you still there, Sarah? Hello. Can you hear me, Jen? I can. Yep. Okay, I lost good. It for a second, but yeah, sometimes it does that. Uh, so, is the moving from major minor leagues to major leagues a one-way? Nope. You can go up and you can go up and down. I, you know, someone could be up in the major leagues, and it maybe they are having a rough season. You know, a rough a rough haul. They might get sent down to to AAA to. Um, find their swing again or to work on a certain pitch if they're a pitcher um, or if some someone gets hurt if a major leaguer gets hurt they'll be sent down to the minor league um, to re- start rehabbing and to gain those skills back so. and all of the teams that are minor league are connected to a particular major league team 
Yeah, they have a parent team. Um, like I said, for example, you know, Cedar Rapids Colonels, the Angels are their, t- you know, their parent team. They work their way up through the, the Angels farm system before they get to the major league. Um, the Colonels used to be the Cedar Rapids Reds, and in that inst- you know, back in the day. In that instance, the, the Cincinnati Reds were the parent te- the parent organization. So, but the people who are playing for minor league actually are professional ball players, and they like get paid, right? They do pretty significantly less as a minor leaguer than you do um, as a major league player. Obviously, um, I'm pretty sure that like in the low A and stuff like that, they actually have host families a lot. Of, so, um, like a Cedar Rapids Colonel player might have a host family that they stay with for the season. Um, that helps. That that's a place for them to live and a support network for them. Because some of the folks in, you know, low A ball and rookie ball are pretty young, pretty young yeah. individuals. So just yeah. for some extra guidance. So do you think that someone who wants to attend a professional ball game for the first time should go to a minor league game first, or should they jump right into a major league game? Um. I don't know. I guess I would say that a minor league game is a good way to a good way to start. Um it kind of gives you the feel of it, gives you the experience and you know whether it's something that you'll enjoy doing or not. There's a pretty big price difference between, you know, attending a minor league baseball game and a major league baseball game. So, um and you get a lot more access to players in minor league. Um it's a lot easier to go up after games and shake hands or meet them, get an autograph, a little bit more fan interaction than there can be on the major league level. So uh, is there a better time of the baseball season to go? Is it better at the beginning or at the end? Um, I think it just kind of depends on, you know, on preference. Obviously, um, it's more exciting at the end of the year if you go to a game, if your team is still in the hunt. You know, they're still in the playoff hunt and they have, you know, have a chance to make the playoffs. That's a very exciting time to go, but it's also, you know, nice to go at the beginning of the season because no matter how poorly your team may have finished last year, at the beginning of the next season, you you know, the record's wiped clean and you have a fresh slate and you're ready to you're ready to go and you're excited about that as well. But games can be cold at the beginning of the year as well. I went to a few games in Chicago where, you know, we're bundled up under sleeping bags with, you know, winter coats on because you're sitting right off of the lake there with the wind blowing in. So, you know, weather can be a little more inclement at the beginning of the season than if you wait and would go, you know, in the middle of the summer. So. Is there um, much of a price difference between games, I mean, at, in terms of time of year? I mean, I know the playoffs are, are always more, but, like, uh, is any game that you go see during the middle going to cost you the same or some going to be cheaper and some more expensive? It's not. They're a little. They're priced a little differently. Um, for example, like I was looking, doing, trying to do a little research for the show tonight, and I was looking online, and this weekend the Cardinals and the Cubs are playing in St. Louis, and tickets for that game are ninety dollars between ninety dollars and two hundred seventy-five dollars a ticket, which is significantly more expensive than it typically is during the season. However, like Chicago Cubs and St. Louis Cardinals are obviously big-time rivals, so you know even during the year, 
their tickets are going to be more anyway. But St. Louis is in the hunt, you know, for a playoff position, so that makes their their tickets more expensive and and more of a hot commodity. So, but okay. yeah, based on it's really based on who you're playing. You know, for example, during the season, if you wanted to go see the Cubs play the Pirates, you can get cheaper tickets than if you want to see them play the New York Yankees. Mm. You know, a more high-ticket, a more high-profile game, the more you're going to pay for a ticket. Okay. Well, uh, you you said how much the tickets cost, but Mm -hmm. uh, you have to probably plan out more than just the cost of the ticket. So about how much do you budget out for going to a game? Um, if you're just a single person going, um, and you are sitting in standard seats, you know, you should be able to get away with a game for maybe 40 or $50. But if you're sitting in, you know, if you have, if you want to sit in a particular seat or if you want to go see a high profile game, obviously it's going to be more than that. And it just depends on what your intentions are when you get into the stadium. If you're going to buy a souvenir, if you're going to eat, that all costs money as well. And heaven forbid, if anybody wants to have a beer at the ballpark, then you would take more money than the forty or fifty dollars because those are about eight bucks of eight bucks at the ballpark. So if anybody had very many of those to drink, then <laughs> your price would go up. So okay. how do you? That doesn't include. Do- so I'm sorry, that wouldn't include like parking. I know I went to a game. It's probably been five or six years now since. I went to the game to see the Cubs actually play in Chicago, and we've had to pay $25 for parking, but we parked right across from the stadium. So it's just all where, you know, it it was convenient, so we paid the convenience price. I mean, you could have found some cheaper parking, but, you know, you have to weigh your pros and cons. So, okay. How do you normally get to a, a game then? Do you drive or do people take buses or how do you get there? You can do both. Um, typically, uh, typically I drive. However, I have been on several bus, um, several bus buses that went to games as well. Usually through like tri-state tours, we'll set something up, and you can get a you know a ticket to the game and a ride to the game. You know, for anywhere between eighty and ninety-five dollars for you know, and that's transportation there, and then your ticket into the game. So, and that's a nice, it can be, it's a little more expensive to do it that way, but then you don't have to pay for parking. You don't have to worry about driving in the cities. I know that's not my favorite, my favorite thing to do, you know, driving into the traffic or leaving, leaving Chicago during rush hour traffic can be stressful as well if you catch an afternoon game, so. Well, if, um, if you drive, are there usually places to park kind of near? I mean, you said you had to pay for the convenience mm-hmm. factor, but uh, so so stadiums usually don't provide parking then, huh? They, um, well, they do provide parking, but you have to you, you have to pay for it. But like for example, Chicago is such an old stadium. Um, there's not, and it's in down the the stadium is downtown Chicago, so parking is a lot more limited. However, for example, in Milwaukee, if you go up to Milwaukee to catch a Brewers, a Brewers Cubs game up there, which I've done several times as well, they have a pretty new stadium, so they have parking lots, you know, tons and tons of of space dedicated to parking. But their, you know, their stadium is not in downtown either. It's kind of in the suburbs. You know, and, and was planned accordingly for that. So there's a lot more space. So, is there food available in stadiums? 
Sure. Yep. And there's a wide a wide variety of things. You know, obviously, you can still get the old classics. You know, hot dogs, peanuts, cracker jacks. You know, soda, beer. Those are classic standbys that are always available at games. But there's a lot of things. Um, a lot more specialty items now included. You know, there's many restaurants. Um, in Milwaukee, there's a, a couple of restaurants within the building that you can sit down and actually have, you know, have dinner before the game if you would want to. That are And those are actually attached, you know, to the stadium. But there's, you know, pizza, subs, Philly cheesesteak. I mean, there's just a bunch of a bunch of different options that you have when you go to the ballpark. Now, one of the questions I like to ask on these travel shows, because I always worry about it when I travel, is are there plenty of bathrooms? Yes, yeah, there, and it, that ranges to from stadium to stadium. Uh, you know, some of the newer the newer newer stadiums have a lot more facilities. They're more handicap accessible. Um, they're newer and obviously in better shape than some of the older buildings, but usually there are plenty of plenty of bathrooms in all of the different stadiums. So That's probably one place where the men's line might equal the women's, I'd think. For um, yeah, usually it does, actually. <laughs> so that's a good point. Yeah, because normally the women's line's like twice as long. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is there any special way that you need to dress to go to a game? Just based on your, you know, your comfort, uh, and who you're rooting for. I mean, usually if I'm if I'm going to a game, if I'm going to a Cubs game, I'm going to, you know, wear my wear one of my Cubs jerseys and a Cubs hat and if it's hot, I'm going to wear shorts and if it's cool, I'm going to wear jeans and early in the season I might take a heavier jacket, but yeah, just kind of decked out in your either in your team uh team colors or if you're interested in another team and just go into the game for fun. And so I've seen people that, you know, might be at a Cubs Brewers game that are wearing a Braves jersey as well. You know, any baseball stuff is fine. Or if you don't have baseball stuff to wear, just show up and, and cheer in what in whatever you want. So one of the things they always talk about for the college games here is uh if you can bring stuff in with you to the to the stadium stuff like you know bring in food from the outside or stadium mm-hmm. seats or umbrellas or that sort of thing do they uh is that allowed or do they kind of frown on that kind of thing that all kind of varies just based on you know stadium to stadium so if someone was going to go to a game and what I've done in the past as well as I would get on the website and get into um you know what size bags or sometimes they'll put a size dimension on the bags that you can bring in and they'll tell you items that are allowed and not allowed sometimes it's it's fine for you to bring in bottled water as long as it's not opened um different stuff like that but each different website um for the specific team game that you're going to will give you kind of directions on that so what kind of souvenirs do you there do they usually have for sale at the games? There's lots of different things. You know, there's the standby, you know, hats, jerseys, T-shirts. Uh, usually you can buy a team baseball or team bats. Uh, autograph, you know, usually team sets of cards. So there's usually a pretty good variety of things. However, if you're going to, if you're interested in souvenirs, 
if you can buy them lots of times they're for example in Chicago there's lots of it's in downtown so there's lots of stores around Wrigley Field that are selling memorabilia and lots of times you're better off if you can find something outside of the stadium to purchase because it's going to be a lot cheaper than if you buy it in the in the souvenir shop in the stadium and you'll have more variety to pick from do they have kind of like program things that you're that you can get to that give you a little bit more information mhm yep there's 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 programs sold at every game and usually what the what they'll have is a a program for the entire season but then they'll have insert scorecards scorecards that they insert for each game that has you know a list of who's playing for for each team and then you you know you can keep track of keep track of you can score the game during it if you'd like so uh in the last well, I I might be off in time here, but you know, like about ten years or so, I've heard lots of talk about them spending money on improving stadiums. Uh, do you prefer the the classic stadiums? Like I think Wrigley's probably considered mm-hmm. some um, of these new, updated, recently built stadiums. Yeah, that's a obviously you know I'm a pretty diehard Cubs fan, and I hope that they never tear down. Wrigley, I you know I anticipate it's probably going to happen at some point. I mean, all of the stadiums, all of the classic stadiums, seem to be falling, you know, at some point in time to newer, bigger, better things. But I know some stuff that the Ricketts have been doing for the Chicago Cubs is they spend a lot of money in updating what is currently there and refurbishing some of the stuff there while still leaving some of the classic um, charms, you know, of an old school ballpark there. So I prefer the classics, but the newer stadiums can do have some cool features as well. Um, in in Colorado at the Rockies Stadium, you know they have they have uh, you know trees out out in the outfield. Or in Kansas City, you know there's a water you know there's some waterfall features. Really? <laughs> you know in the outfield, yeah. So and those are obviously newer. You know, those are newer stadiums. So the newer stadiums are cool, and they do have some cool features. For example, like Comiskey Park in uh, in Chicago, where the White Sox play, is it's the new Comiskey. You know, new Comiskey Park. It's been redone. It was new, newer when I went there in '94 in high school, '93, '94 when I was in high school. Um, not a bad seat in the house. But it doesn't have, you know, whereas in Wrigley, if you get stuck behind a pillar, you don't have a great seat, per se, as far as view. But, you you know, you have the atmosphere and the charm of the older Mm -hmm. stadium. So, there's, yeah, there's pros and cons to both, for sure. I always remember that was um, a line when I was growing up on a Statler Brothers song about about impossible things. And one of them was when the lights go on at Wrigley Field. And I always find Mm -hmm. that funny and laugh now when I hear it because they have. yep. Uh, so, do you think that there is a stadium that you've been to that you think has maybe easier access that you'd recommend as a good one for a, a beginning fan to try for? Um, obviously, you know, the Cedar Rapids Colonels are close, and, you know, there's lots of parking there, and it's more of a low-key environment. For, so, for somebody new, you know, just going to their first game, you know, that would be a good a good starting point. Um, the Brewers, the Brewer Stadium in Milwaukee is, you know, is pretty easy to get to. I've actually seen, I think, 
I think I've seen more ga- Chicago Cubs, more games in in Milwaukee of the Cubs playing the Brewers than I've actually seen the Cubs play in Chicago just because it's easier to get there and you don't have to drive through all the traffic to get there because it's basically right off of the interstate. So It's Wrigleyville North, people call it, because <laughs> so many Cubs travel to to Milwaukee for Cubs Brewers games, so well, and it sounds like I was going to ask you what your favorite stadium was, but I guess it sounds pretty obvious that you like Wrigley Field. Yeah, I do like Wrigley Field, but you know, to be honest, I haven't I haven't really been to a stadium yet that doesn't have some cool feature that you know makes it worth the experience of going. Even because you know I've been been to you know I don't know I'm trying to figure I should have thought how many stadiums I've been to before I came on, but I think I've probably been to like eight or nine stadiums and there's always something kind of cool about you know about all the stadiums so well i it sure sounds like like you always have a good time at the game so i i think that uh, other people enjoy going to them and uh i have been been to what was probably the old Kaminsky Park once myself as to the one major league game i've gone to but we had fun and uh, and I I would like to say since since you mentioned the Colonels a couple times that uh, I always have to um, just give them a round of applause because they always are have been very generous with the public library and and uh, other public libraries in the area with uh, prizes for the summer reading programs. So just for that alone, I think they deserve kind of a, a call out cheer. And, sure. Uh, sure. And the Colonel Stadium is really beautiful. If nobody, you know, if people haven't been there, I think it was new last year. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of new features, you know, in that for a minor league a minor league park as well. So, it's kind of cool getting to see people play, you know, when they're young and then seeing them, oh yeah, I saw I saw uh I saw them play when they were playing for Cedar Rapids and now they're playing for the LA, you know, the, the Angels, and I have their autograph. So, you know, that's always something that's cool, too, about about catching a game, especially a minor league game. Like I said earlier, is you just have more access to the players. So, Well, thank you. We, we're down to just over a minute. So I, it always goes fast when we do these half-hour shows. But uh, I would like to thank you for coming on, Jen. Sure. Thanks for having me. It yeah. was fun. And maybe we'll have to do it again. Maybe you could talk about going to um, the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. That would be a good time as well. So, well, thank Thanks you. Thanks for having me, Sarah. Oh, you're very yep. welcome. Uh, and I'd like to remind everybody else that we're going to be doing another episode next week where we're going to be talking. Paul, about a jewel about uh, Lincoln in Iowa, and I think that's going to be a really great episode, too. Thank you for sticking with us on Trundle Bed Tales. Remember, you can, if you're out and about, you can always call in one eight seven seven six three three nine three eight nine just to listen if you don't want to talk. And you can also catch all our old episodes on iTunes so you can download them and take them with you. Thank you so much for joining us today, and hopefully you'll be with us next week. Good night. Thank you.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.